Welcome to another of the 10-minute Cood Street podcasts, which we've been doing during the lockdown. This is Gary Wolf, and today I'm, <clears throat> I'm delighted to be able to talk to Hugo and Nebulo, winning author and author of the long-running This Month in the History column for Locus, and author of what I think is one of the most unjustly overlooked novels of the last decade, any day now. So with me is Terry Bisson. How are you, Terry? Well, pretty good. Thanks. How are you um, coping with this uh, weird situation we're in, which even people as old as you and I haven't seen anything like this before? No, it's quite unusual. It's um, Well, we're all just holding our breath to see how it turns out. I think we turned a corner with people beginning to get out a little bit, but it, uh-huh. it doesn't really affect me and my wife because we're both over 75 and our our kids who buy our groceries and and all that kind of stuff don't want us out. And we wouldn't go any anyway to a restaurant or anything like that. No. But the world is, is going to open up a little. So it's a but it's an odd time. It's going to be for at least another year or so. I'm quite sure. Uh, yeah, I was I was getting a little bit of scratching noise on that. I'm not sure what it was. But uh, anyway, are you able to get any reading done uh, during this? Well, yeah. Um, actually, when we started sheltering in place here in California, which I think was late March. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, I had just gotten uh, my copy of the new Hillary Mantel, the third book in her series, uh-huh. the one called The Light in the Mirror, I believe. And so uh-huh. I binged on that. I read the whole book in like three or four days. And uh, so that was a great way to begin. And, yeah, uh, that's a, that's not a short book either. No, it's longer than the others. But uh, like many other people around the world, I was, I mean, that, um, as my friend Cecilia Holland, who you probably also know, who's oh, a, sure. a, a historical novelist, she said um, Mantella changed the game for everybody. It 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 kind of upended the whole category and put it back in the news where it, it slipped out for a long time. So um, anyway, that was a treat. And, uh-huh. and what else? I read odds and ends. I've been reading, um, I've getting into Lafferty late, lately. I read uh, Oklahoma Ali again for the third time or so. Um, I'm very drawn to that. That book, which I think is really Lafferty's only really successful novel, because well, it, it's it's it, also his it's his least fantastic novel, I suppose. Yeah, uh, well, that's a that's another that's a synonym for successful. In, well, yeah, in, I guess so. The novel. <laughs> well, I, I think I think until he started coming back into print with um, you know the masterpieces of science fiction, and I put him in the. Library of America thing I did for the 60s. But I think Oklahoma was the only one that stayed in print. I think uh, the University of Oklahoma kept it in print for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's a remarkable book to me. I'm often claiming on that when I'm asked, I think it's like Moby Dick. It's the the great um, mid-century, uh, 20th century American novel, which has never gotten its due. And um, anyway, I, I'm quite fond of it. It's a, so I read that. I've been reading a little bit of James Salter, who I sort of like, who's a much overlooked but um, 
somewhat pretentious author. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like quite a bit reading his short any, stories. Any short stories in particular, anything you'd recommend? Or is there, I assume, the collection of stories? There's two or three collections. I have a um, a friend who's more into him than I am, but he sends uh, who sends me his books. This one's called Last Night, I believe, and it's um, it's a nice collection of stories, beautifully written. They were published mostly in Esquire. They're very modernist, sort of. Uh, um, they're very kind of lean and underwritten, but they're all about romance and betrayal. That's, that's okay. His big topics. <laughs> so that was good. So yeah, I've been reading, and uh, I undertook to read um, Shakespeare's histories, uh, which I like um, quite a bit. And but I got bogged down in uh, Henry the Fourth, Part One, huh. with that idiotic um, robbery plot, and and. Um, so anyway, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been reading quite a bit, watching a lot. Just curiosity, if you if you read the Shakespeare history plays, do you read them in order of composition or in chronological order of of the kings? Well, since I've been sheltered, I decided to read them in chronological order. I don't know about the composition. I started with with um, well, way back with John, I think. King John, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm sort of working up through, but I I got bogged down that that three weeks ago. I'll probably go back to it, but uh, um, as you can probably figure it out, I don't read a lot of science fiction, <laughs> and um, and lately haven't haven't been reading really all that much. There's a lot of stuff on TV and uh-huh. around the house, and we're you know watching. Would you would you say that Shakespeare is kind of a thing? It's a stressful time and. I've been asking people if there are comfort reads or things that they want to go back to. A lot of people like detective stories, for example. Well, I don't know that they're comforting. They're um, they're delightful. I love to read them. And um, I don't like the comedies. I never liked his clowns. I never liked Falstaff. Um, So so that gets a little weird. But... um, yeah, my wife doesn't like Shakespeare at all, so we never watch it on television. Or there's been a few. Um, they, they had uh, this Globe Theater in which I think is in big trouble in England it's in, right it's now. In but serious they, financial trouble now. Yeah. Yeah. The replica they put of Globe up, in London. They were giving stuff away on um, YouTube, and uh, oh. you may have heard about this. And they did a um, Hamlet on YouTube which I thought was extraordinary and it was completely modernized and weird. I mean, Ophelia was a a man in a dress, you know, stuff Uh like that. But, um, so that was kind of fun, but that's what I've been up to. Just, uh, um, what are you, what are you writing these days? I was mentioning, I I still think any day now ought to be, uh, back in people's attention because, it seems to me that it's, it's one of the best portraits of the 60s I read, and people are talking about the 60s now for some reason. So They are indeed. I really appreciate your saying that, Gary. It was, um, it was a big disappointment to me. It was a novel that um, I worked on quite a bit, but it was my own fault. I, I told my agent and or argued with my agent that I really wanted it published in mainstream out of the yeah. science fiction field 
which was uh, stupid and suicidal on my part. So it never really got any attention. It's it's not exactly a science fiction novel, but um, it, it's it's not exactly not. And yeah. so, but anyway, it it's not that anything bad happened. What happened to it was what happens to most novels, the good as well as the bad. They fall oh, into yeah. the hole of that that novels go into. Well, so, on the other hand, I, I, I agree, and I hope people will uh, will discover it, and it gets uh, you know, finally gets recognized. But the, on the other hand, um, you've written probably two of the most widely read short stories of any writer in the last fifty years, and uh, and the ones I'm thinking about, of course, are, are Bears Discover Fire, and they're made of meat. When I talk to people who don't read science fiction. A, an amazing number of them know one or both of those stories because I guess they show up in, in textbook anthologies. They do. And um, especially they're made out of meat, which is uh, quite short. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the appeal. And it was uh, and it was funny. Yeah, that was a big success uh, for me. And that gun, that was years ago. And uh, Ellen Datlow bought it for Omni. Remember when there was an Omni? Oh, yeah. And... Um, and uh, it was published along with something else. I think it was published along with a Karen Fowler story. Um, hmm. But anyway, it um, it just, uh, yeah, it's done quite well. People love it. And uh, Bears Discover Fire has done well, too. It's, it's a very, it's a much more conventional, um, really kind of a, a play on Southern Gothic in a way. It is. And it, it has that. I think the other thing that... Uh is appealing is especially if they're made of meat is it's, it's an object lesson than how to write a story in dialogue. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't you write something years ago, which was kind of a parody of um, the Blair witch project? I think it was in New York review of science fiction. I might have. Yeah. And probably only published it there. It, it was, I mean, it was hilarious because it was, uh, I can't even quote, what the dialogue was. It was basically all the same word over and over again, which is exactly what the movie feels like to watch. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see it again. I I, I think I remember writing that. And, I, I've got it. I've got the copy somewhere, but I actually maybe online because a lot of those are. If you ever found a digital version, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Like to see it. I had a whole history with that. We were in the theater. In on that big theater on Houston Street in Manhattan, uh -huh. and um, there was this huge line there. My wife and I were going. To, there was a, that was an eightplex, but sort of a a hipster eightplex, and um, there was this huge line of people, and they're lined up for this movie called The Blair Witch Project that I uh -huh. had heard of, and then I later um, uh, found out what it was, and. Uh, and then after, through a whole lot of different kind of machinations, I ended up uh, being and still am a good friend of uh, one of the actors in that. Oh, who, really? Uh, yeah, a guy named uh, Joshua Leonard. And he's he's a middle, uh, sort of a middle actor. Uh, he does a lot of work out in Hollywood. He got a whole career out of it. And then oh, uh, yeah. he and I worked on a um, biography, a movie a movie script about um, Mumia Abu-Jamal, who was a black political prisoner um, 
who's is is quite well known around the world. He was a journalist and ended up on death row. Anyway, so Joshua and I did this movie together and all this kind of stuff. And um, so I had I ended up having a connection to the Blair Witch Project. And I, I think I did see the movie a time or two. And I'd love to see that parody. I think it's all about the sticks. I mean, the, the monster. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. All sticks or something. But, 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 but between something like that or the or, or, or they're made of meat or for that matter, the little things you've been doing in Locust for what? 15, 20 years now, the this month in history? Since, yeah, just almost 20. Yeah. Uh, ever thought about putting all those dates together and making one big chronology out of it? Well, it wouldn't quite work. No, of course I, not. I thought about it. Um, you know, when I first thought of the idea, um, which I thought was a good idea, it's like when these, it was a natural for a yeah. science fiction writer. And, uh, Aline Gunn was the first to publish it. I published it. She had this little magazine up in Seattle, but she ended up doing it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then her thing fell apart, and I sold it to to um, to Charles yeah. at Locus after I'd come out here, and um, you know, and um, so that, and it's just stuck there. It never went anywhere else. I don't think there's anything you can. I don't know. I, I can't a, imagine anybody would sit down and read. No, I. But but each, <laughs> so many of them are like micro short stories, sort of in in, in a seed, uh, and and that's what I think is fascinating about them. Yeah, it's, well, that's kind of the idea. And as um um some who who was it? It was your friend at um our friend at Locus. Um, she's not there anymore. Um, Amelia? Amelia. Amelia yeah. told me. She said, um, and I realized she was right. She said, they're just satires of journalism. They're yeah. really of journalism. <laughs> and and that's kind of what makes them work. It's a lot of fun. I, I, um, so that's really all I do. I have not sold a short story in probably two or three years. And that was not to science fiction magazines. I, I did quite well in, in short stories and science uh-huh. fiction for a number of years. And um, I, I had great editors who supported me. I had Ellen. I had Gordon at FNSF. Uh-huh. Alice Turner at Playboy. I did uh, a lot of Playboy stories. Right. And, but uh, Gordon and... and um, um, I, I think after a while I was really writing satires of science fiction instead of science fiction. And I think it yeah. fell out of favor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we're, we're just about at the end of our, well, actually we're past the end of our 10 minute mark. But as I say to people who listen to these, there's, there's really good 10 minute podcasts in the 15 minutes we've been talking. You just have to find out which minutes. Okay. Uh, so again, I want to thank you, um, for being with us. This has been Cood Street. I've been talking to Terry Bisson. And thank you very much, Terry. Well, thank you, Gary. Well, when you and I get together, we always talk about literature. We haven't done it in a long time. No, we got to do that. All right. <laughs> it's you. good to see you. And thanks for including me. <laughs>